listening to Miscarriage Stories with Arden Cartrett. Alyssa, welcome to Miscarriage Stories. I invite you to share your story wherever it begins. All right. Um, so I come from like a very large family and I'm the oldest of um, like 17 grandchildren and I'm one of four. So I've always been around like children and always played like a very like you know, it's a very traditional family. Like the women always play a very motherly role in my family. So um, taking care of children or like having children was like never really a thought. It was always just like, you know, not expected, but something that we always just assumed that we would all do. So um, yeah, so I always knew like I would be a mom, like just because I'm the oldest and I have so many younger siblings that I always took care of. And like, so many younger um, cousins and whatnot. I just always knew that that was something that was going to be a part of my future. Um, So I'm going to actually fast forward to 10 years ago. I was in at the time, um, what I now know is an abusive relationship, but didn't know at the time. Um, And I found out that I was pregnant um, when I was very young and I was with my ex-husband at the time. And um, it was a very traumatic situation. The, the whole relationship was traumatic, but on top of it, um, the, you know, my ex-husband's reaction to me being pregnant was extremely, you know, horrible, just awful, um, which ensued to a big fight and ultimately led to him, you know, not asking, but telling me I had to have an abortion. And at the time, it wasn't something that I really even considered that I even had my own opinion on um, or something that I even really thought that was my choice. So, um, and, you know, I don't regret hindsight now. I don't regret that. And I'm glad I've been able to move forward from it. But, um, you know, I just very, very much like that relationship itself, being as many people who have been in past abusive relationships, you you compartmentalize a lot. And um, then moving forward to the experience that I have currently, it just partnered with a lot of trauma from that experience that I just never really processed. So um, now, 10 years later, I am in a much better place. I'm currently a nurse. I work in the healthcare field and I work in women's and children's. So um, I work in like the NICU. I work in a variety of different um, specialties. I work in the NICU. I work in pediatric um, hematology oncology. I work in labor and delivery and antepartum and postpartum. And I've always worked in big hospitals that are high risk in the high risk setting. So loss is not something that's foreign to me. I see it, I experience it all the time. Um, and I see it daily. And, you know, it's something that I'm now realizing as a healthcare worker that we desensitize so much and we experience so much trauma through these losses um, that I didn't even realize how, how um, you know, separated I was through the loss experience. Uh, until I experienced it myself. Um, 
but yes, I'm a travel nurse. I moved across the country with my current boyfriend and partner. He's wonderful. And um, we found out that we were pregnant in March of 2023. And it was a total shock. Like we weren't trying, it was totally unexpected. So, you know, and I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> you know, we're not, um, we're not, not in a position where we didn't want to have kids or anything like that. We knew we would have kids eventually, but we just didn't, you know, it wasn't something we were trying for expecting. So, um, you know, we were just, he was elated. Like the whole experience was just so totally different than my first time experience of being pregnant. Like, and it was just so refreshing. Like I was so nervous to even tell him and he was just so supportive and kind and caring and loving in that moment. And, and it was just, I don't know, it was just like very wonderful, like to have like a, such a positive experience after having a negative experience. And um, so we were just ecstatic <laughs> about everything after being like very stressed. <laughs> I was very stressed and about how his reaction was going to be. Um, and we made doctor's appointments and I am a naturally pretty anxious at baseline. Um, not in the way that it inhibits any of my daily functions, but I'm an over-preparer. I am always very organized, over-prepared. I run through, I try, and I think it's just being comes with the territory of being a nurse. Um, I very much try and over-prepare like my feelings, like, in this situation, I'm going to act like X, Y, Z, or I'm, you know, I have to remain composure at all times because in my line of work, when an emergency happens, that's what I have to do. So um, it was just a very strange experience finding out I was pregnant because, you know, aside from the initial shock that I was pregnant, I just never felt so much peace and so much at ease. And it's funny because, um, you know, my partner right away noticed and he was like, you are not stressed at all about it. And I'm like, I'm really not, which is not my norm. You know, I usually overstress about everything. <laughs> so um, I just felt the best I'd ever felt. Like I really, like, I felt great. I was like eating, I, I mean, I'm a, I have pretty healthy habits anyways, but like I was just like getting great sleep. I was, I was um, like exercising and feeling amazing. Like just eating so well. And I, I just, I've never felt so at peace within myself and so great. And I just, it was like, I don't know. I just naturally knew what to do. And it was just a very like refreshing feeling. Like, you know, it very much helped ease my partner's mind and it made me feel like the experience was really good. Um, but yeah, so I'm doing my daily, my daily pregnancy prenatal yoga. <laughs> this is before, and this is before, um, uh, here you would go to the doctors around 10 weeks was what the location I'm at currently. That's what they, um, that's when they would do like the first ultrasound for everything. So I had made that appointment, but at around, five, five and six. So five weeks and six days, I started to have some like light abdominal cramping, which I know is pretty common. So I didn't really think anything of it. Like I went to yoga, you know, um, I did all the things and it wasn't, I won't say it was painful. It was just like discomfort. So I was like, okay, like, you know, it's fine. 
And then a couple hours after that, I started to experience some light spotting, you know, and I was like, okay, like that can be normal as well. So I didn't really think much of it, but um, that cramping just never really subsided. It didn't get like worse or better. It just never subsided. So after a full day of cramping and the light spotting, um, I contacted the doctor and I was like, I know I'm having like normal symptoms, but I just wanted to reach out, you know, just in case. And the doctor was very, um, they were like, well, you know, that can all be normal, which I already knew ahead of time. But, um, you know, I just, I don't know. I felt like I should reach out to my healthcare professional. So, and also because I'm a travel nurse and I'm in a new location across the country, I'm not established with any of these doctors. I've never been to um, like, I've never been to an OBGYN out here. I've never had any, I've just never had any experience with any doctors. Like I don't have a primary care doctor out here, nothing. So I don't really have anybody who I have an established rapport and relationship with outside of my coworkers or, you know, people or doctors I previously worked with to reach out to, which I, you know, just don't, I would never do that because I just don't feel comfortable doing that anyways, unless it was seriously emergent. So, um, yeah. And so I continued to experience some bleeding, which kept get like progressing. Like after the first day, it progressed to worse bleeding. And I remember waking up and feeling the next day and feeling like more of that discomfort um, in the cramping. And first thought was I'm miscarrying, like my first thought of the day. And um you know, I don't, I really didn't have much indication for it because it wasn't, you know, anything that like the bleeding wasn't significant enough for me to definitively say, yes, this is what's happening. And, you know, the discomfort wasn't really anything that I thought was out of the realm of, you know, anything that could have been pregnancy. But, um, you know, that went on, I reached out to the doctor again, this is on a Sunday. So, they were, they, you know, didn't really have much to say besides like contact us again tomorrow. So um, I just, it was just kind of like waiting and that waiting is so difficult because you're doing all the things and especially as a healthcare worker, because like, you know, my mind immediately goes to, you know, is it a subchorionic hematoma? Is it like, is it ectopic? And, you know, am I going to have like a hemorrhage in the middle of the night? Like all the things that could go wrong, especially because I work in high risk and I see a lot of these things on a normal basis. So immediately I'm, you know, not panicking, but like just in a negative headspace about it because, you know, something is, I think something's wrong. So, um, I'm just going through like all of my medical resources, like looking up all of the articles, you know, reading all the things. And um, I don't recommend that <laughs> for anybody. I mean, it does not ease anxiety. I think that at the time I just needed something to do that had to do with the topic, but not necessarily, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know what I thought I was going to get out of that. And because I'm a healthcare worker, like I know that you shouldn't do that, but I don't know. It just felt like I was so anxious at the time. I felt like I had to, but um, yeah. So I waited until Monday morning and I had to work Monday night. I worked the overnight, which is also not ideal for like a normal sleep schedule or like health habits or anything. So I waited until Monday morning and they were like, well, you can come, you can get a blood test and in two days. And I was like, okay, well I can just go to the hospital and get it right now. 
but whatever <laughs> it happened. So I had to wait another two days and I just, you know, for these women that I hear that have to wait like multiple weeks to find out, I don't know how you do it. Like I literally had like, I had, um, like a fetal Doppler and I knew like at six weeks, like it's not possible, but I like, <laughs> we're just doing all the things at home. And I was like, okay, I'm going to check with the fetal Doppler to see if I can find a heartbeat anyways, and just doing the things. And I just don't know how, like, I have such respect for women that have to wait this long and live with that anxiety because I don't know how you did it. <laughs> it's like, that is like true agony to me. Um, so I work, um, I go to work, I work my overnights, like I'm really not sleeping out at this point because I'm so anxious and the bleeding never really got worse and the cramping never really got worse. Um, and then I went and had a blood test for an HCG um, and they took it and they're like, well, the results should be back within the next couple of hours, but I'd worked like 16 hours at that point. So I was exhausted. So I was like, at first I was like, I'm just going to stay up and wait for the results. And I was supposed to go back to work that night. And then I just got too tired. So I went to sleep. Then I woke up and the results were there. And, you know, I, the whole four days, like that I experienced everything, I really prompted myself. And I was like, you know, if this is a miscarriage, it's okay. Like, I'm not going to react. Like, this is how I'm going to react, right? Like, just like I do at work, like, I'm going to stay composed. Like, it's not the end of the world. You know, there are worse things that happen. And just that desensitization, desensitization that we experience as healthcare workers, where, you know, you really say, like, okay, like, things are bad, but you know, something else is worse. Something else is always worse or like something else is more pressing. So um, I was, I, I was just like coaching myself throughout that whole shift of work before I could get that blood test of like, you know, if things don't go right, this is how I'm going to react and like, it's going to be okay. So I wake up and I see the results of the HCG, which is like less than 50, which, you know, clearly I'm experiencing a miscarriage. And I know that. And like, I have never felt the magnitude of grief that I felt in that moment. Like I was just shocked and like it was earth shattering for me. And I just never expected it for myself, which is so funny because I work in high risk situations and I work with loss and I see loss all the time. And I just never expected it to happen to me. Um, and I don't know, I just like, instant, instant grief, instant, you know, I was just hysterical. And it's funny because like right after I got those results is when I started bleeding heavily. And I don't know if it was just like my body's reaction or, you know, what was happening, but it was like, I was bleeding pretty, like, you know, pretty lightly, like some light spotting up until then. And then I started bleeding very heavily, like that afternoon. Um, yeah, and it was just earth shattering. I've just never felt despair like I felt when I received that news. Um, and then it was the middle of the day. So I was just like, you know what? Like, I know that I can take acetaminophen or whatever, and I can just go back to sleep. So I went back to sleep and I woke up and like, it was just horrible all over again. Um, but I was just in like auto mode. I knew I had to go back to work that night I didn't call in I should, looking back I should have just called in you know that was stupid um 
so I went to work and because my partner works days and I work nights, like we were in a pattern where we weren't going to see each other for like two days. So, you know, that was also difficult. Um, but yeah, so I went to work and I just kind of was like, okay, just like put whatever you're experiencing on pause because, you know, you're dealing with more pressing things like babies and children who are sick or suffering or like moms who are in need. So it was kind of like, I went to work, put myself on pause, came home and just like experienced everything all over again, you know, like the crying and the grief and just, you know, all of it. And I remember waking up in the middle of the day and I have never, you know, I knew just from what I know for myself, you know, the doctor's office was like, you know, it's going to be like painful, like a period, like you don't need to come in for, because my HCG was like low at that point. They were like, we don't, you know, and I was early on, like only six weeks. They're like, we don't think there's going to be any products of conception. So like, you don't have to come in for anything. We think everything will pass on its own. Um, and I woke up the middle of the day in so much pain. Like I have never been in that much pain before ever. And I was just shocked. I was like, what is happening? Like I was, I was like, I don't know, just sitting in my bathroom, like, like thinking like, I'm going to throw up because I'm in so much pain. And what am I going to do? Like, it's the middle of the day. Like I have work in a couple hours, but like, I didn't want to call in, but also like, you know, didn't know what exactly to do in that moment. Like I don't have any comforting tools. Like my partner's not there, you know, like how can I like put this aside, which is something that like I've always done is just kind of put things aside. Um, and then deal with it later, right? Like, so I um, I went back to sleep. Unfortunately, like, was able to go back to sleep. I went to work, and then after that was my, like, I knew I would have a stretch of days off, and um, I just got home from that shift, and it was just like, oh my gosh, like I felt like just a distinct change, like a distinct change within myself, like just the sheer amount of despair. Like I've just never felt what I felt before. And this year has been a very difficult year for me as a nurse, because I've seen a lot of neonatal and um, child loss this year. Um, and, you know, I've always been empathetic, of course, to people who are experiencing loss of any kind. But once you experience it yourself, it's just totally different. It's totally different than how you envision you would experience. It's totally different, um, the feelings, you know, like I've been with moms who are crying on the floor of the NICU, you know, because of their circumstances. And I've always, you know, been never understood, I guess, that feeling, you know, you always empathize and do what you can to help them. But you know, I myself could never like understood, understand that level of grief. And it wasn't until I experienced it myself that I was like, yeah, I absolutely understand now that feeling. Um, but yeah, and after that long stretch of time off I had after working, it was just like, holy moly, <laughs> a lot of grief, a lot of like very much um like and um my poor partner who was just 
you know, incredible and amazing. Just wanted to like, he's like, I'm going to call out of work and I'll just like sit with you or stay with you. And I was like, no, go to work. I don't even want you to be here because <laughs> I just wanted to be alone. And, you know, he's experienced, you know, he's experiencing this as well. Like, you know, he's up. You know, and I was trying to be respectful of that, but when you're, when you're in it, like, you know, it's just not something that's in the forefront of your mind right away is, you know, they're having their own experience as well. Um, but yeah, and, you know, it was just a lot of things you know, that experience just brought forth a whole bunch of trauma that I just have not been processing. Um, and it was, I don't know, it was just heartbreaking. And it was a really rough couple of months because, you know, all this trauma that I've experienced from healthcare and all this trauma from being in an abusive relationship and, you know, having a previous abortion just like all came and hit me at once. So like, it didn't feel like, it didn't just feel like I was grieving necessarily one thing. It just felt like, like a lot, a lot of pressure, like a lot of crushing things that happened at the same time. And it was, it was very difficult. It was very, very difficult to get through. But, you know, I have a wonderful, wonderful support system. And like, thank God I have a wonderful partner who was just so supportive and very, very open. Like, you know, do you feel like you want to go to a support group? Do you feel like you need a counselor? Do you, you know, all the things that anybody could do, he was very much trying to do, you know, in any way, shape or form while also dealing with his own grief. So but ooh, it was just a lot. <laughs> and now like getting through it on the other side, um, I can say like, that is absolutely the hardest thing I have ever had to deal with. Yeah. It's a, it's a heavy loss that I, I see it brings up a lot of things for a lot of people. Um, especially people who have previous traumas. Um, sometimes even traumas we didn't realize were traumas until we went through this type of grief. And so um, it, it brings up a lot of secondary losses for so many people, which it that I think that makes it feel all the more heavier. And then we wonder, why did our doctor tell us it would just be a heavy period or that it wouldn't be that bad when this feels like it's life altering? Right. Um, exactly. And, you know, I this year I've had like a couple months ago, I think in the end of January, so almost like four weeks from when I found out like that I miscarried, I experienced the absolute like most traumatic neonatal loss that I've ever experienced. And um, I just, you know, it's always stuck with me. Like I still think about that baby. I still think about that family and I still think about that mom every single day just because of the situation and how it was. Um, but I did not realize like the toll that that loss and all the losses that I have experienced this year, like really, really took on me um, until I experienced my own loss. And I just, you know, have such a different perspective now right. for those moms who are experiencing full-term losses or losses where they have to, you know, labor or, you know, any any loss of any time, you know, one is not worse than the other. Um, but, you know, these significant losses and trauma that I've seen in the hospital and it, it just really opened my eyes to the healthcare system is just very broken and how we treat our healthcare employees who are also treating 
these patients. And it's like loss is just very diminished as a whole in the healthcare system and also to the people that are working in it. And, you know, it's, I don't think that, you know, they've always, I've worked in pediatrics for a long time and specifically in the PICU, every nurse has always said to me, you get a point where you have your own kids and then you can't do this job anymore. Mm-hmm. And it's very common, like the PICU is somewhere where they find um, a lot of turnover happens very frequently. You know, you, you see a lot of horrific things that happen in the pediatric ICU. And I guess you can understand that sentiment for um, from a distance, but until you experience that, I don't think that you understand it. And now after experiencing it, because I found myself, I found myself going back to work and I was just so checked out, you know, and I'm realizing now like healthcare worker PTSD is like so real and so prevalent, but you know, like literally right after I was experiencing um, my own miscarriage, you know, that same week I'm taking care of, um, you know, an abuse case of a child who is not going to survive. And it's just, it just felt like such a disconnect going back to work because I was like, you know, you never compare your situation. I try not to ever compare my situation to others, but it's like, here you are experiencing, you know, the worst loss of my own life, right? And then it's like, everybody else in the world is experiencing something else as well. And it's like, I'm, I'm taking care of these children that have all these things, like whether it's cancer or, um, you know, a non-accidental trauma or abuse or whatever. And it's, it's just, it's very hard. It's very hard to come to terms with that my experience, um, you know, like here's these people that get these children and it's, or have these pregnancies and don't want them, which is absolutely okay. But um, it's very hard where when you can't even, it feels like you can't even have a pregnancy yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I totally get that. And I think it's, you, you said something, I wrote it down whenever you said it, cause I wanted to go back to it where you mentioned that from being a nurse, you're kind of, I don't know if, if taught to have the thought of like, this is bad, but there's this and this and this it's worse, or, um, you know, like kind of like thinking of what's the highest priority, knowing that like one thing is bad, but there's something else that's a higher priority because it's, it's worse. It's, it's more extreme. Um, and I think in general, as people, sometimes we do that to ourselves with loss of like, oh, I know what I'm going through is hard, but I just helped a mom through a full-term loss and what she's going through is worse. So I shouldn't be sad about what I'm going through. And I think sometimes we find ourselves in that series of thoughts, but it's like you said, you can't, we try not to compare our stories to other people because what's happening to you is the worst for you. Um, And somebody else's worst is their story, but that's, it's hard to do. And I imagine being in a situation where you only see worst case scenarios on a daily basis, it's hard. Yeah. And, you know, I've been very blessed in my nursing career where up until after I've experienced my miscarriage, I've never felt like significant burnout. I've never felt like I can't do this anymore, or I don't want to do this. You know, I've been, I've always felt like I'm okay. And, you know, I feel very blessed to be in this field and that I'm called to do this work, not necessarily that, 
you know, this isn't anything I would have picked for myself. Like I never would have as a child said, you know, like I want to grow up and I want to help, you know, women that are losing their babies or like, I want to help children who are dying of cancer. Like it's not something I necessarily would have ever chosen for myself, but I feel called to do it. And I love what I do. So, um, I, I just, I've been very blessed in my healthcare career. And then this year alone, like this whole experience has just changed everything for me. And it was like, you know, those times where you felt like I handled that so well, like I handled that loss so well, or I handled this like very traumatic situation of this family so well. I was like, no, you really didn't. Right. <laughs> you, you just um, didn't deal with it at all. <laughs> And unfortunately, that's kind of the healthcare way right now. And right. we just don't have resources for, you know, one, we, we have a lack of resources for our patients alone, you know, especially for expecting moms and especially for, you know, mothers of, I think mothers whose children are in the NICU or have like a terminal experience in the NICU. I think that we just don't have the resources that they need. Mm-hmm. Um, but it really opened my eyes to see like, we don't have the resources to take care of the people who are taking care of the people. So yeah, which is, I, it's, I don't know. It's, it's something that needs to change. Well, it's something that doesn't make a lot of sense. Like why wouldn't we support the people who support the people like that? I think about that, you know, with healthcare workers, I think about the same thing with teachers of like it, we just, the people who really do the work are so unsupported that they are burnt out. They are broken. They don't know where to turn in certain situations. Um, you know, it's, it's so unfortunate. And I don't even know what the, the fix would be like sitting here and listening to you. I'm thinking, why don't we offer healthcare workers like free counseling, especially whenever they're in traumatic experiences? Like why is there not counseling provided for them to support them in those Mm -hmm. experiences? Right. And I mean, the, 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 all healthcare systems that I've worked with say they offer them. Right. But it's like, you're sitting in this room. Uh, it can, sometimes it's like five minutes after it happened. Sometimes it's the next day with all people that you work with. And sometimes your boss, mm. it's like, yeah, I, I don't know. Not, that's not an effective way. Like me personally, like, I don't feel comfortable disclosing my personal experiences to my boss of why, of why this loss is like so significant to me. Or like, I don't feel comfortable like crying in front of these people that I don't know or have a built up rapport relationship with. And I don't, it's just, and also like a very flawed part of the healthcare model that I'm noticing is, you know, like you said, touching back on I have these patients that are seemingly like medically they're stable. Like, yeah, they just had a horrific thing. They had a DNC happen or they had, you know, this horrible experience, but guess what? In the next room over, I have a mom who I'm literally trying to keep alive, or I have a baby that I'm trying to keep alive. And it's like, you know what? Unfortunately, I, this is the worst day of your life. And I, I know that, but I have to keep, like, I have to, go do something else. And that's more pressing. And I've never, you know, it's always been something that you say, like, theoretically, yeah, that's not right. But now after experiencing it, I'm like, that is, it's, it's just very, it's very messed up. (laughs) And I think it shows like, because 
you as the healthcare worker, you're at your job. It's like a day at the office. Like this is your job and it's the way that you do your job, but it's also staffing. And there are so many other elements to it that it's not, it's not like you can just make a human decision of like, no, I'm going to provide hundred percent support to every person on this floor because it's just not possible with what you've been given. Absolutely. And, you know, another thing that really opened my eyes in this whole experience is, is the doctors that, and I understand I'm not an established patient. I get that, but I'm still somebody who is taking care, you know, and I thank God I have my um, help the education that I have and the experience that I have, because they gave me no information. Like I literally got no information on what to expect, what to experience, like not one email, not one handout, nothing. And, you know, like I said, like, thank God I have the experience that I have because I knew what to expect. I did not expect to be in so much pain. That's for sure. But I knew what to expect. And, but it just opened my eyes to see all these women who are in diverse situations, who are minorities or, you know, black females or people, you know, um, people of poor socioeconomic status. I'm a middle-class white woman you know, I'm entitled in many, many ways, especially in healthcare. If I'm not getting information, I can't imagine the lack of information they're receiving or the lack of care that they're receiving. Like, how horrific is that? It's so, extremely horrific. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, you know, it really just, this whole experience has just changed my perspective and really opened my eyes and, you know, working in women's care, we always get education on, you know, minorities experience disparities more in healthcare and especially in labor and delivery than anybody else. You know, you can look back at um, sort of the Serena Williams case and, you know, it's obvious. It doesn't matter, you know, necessarily like what financial status you have, you know, what color your skin is really makes a difference when it comes to care in OBGYN, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, this experience just really, really was eye-opening for me and really changed the way that I practice as a nurse and healthcare worker um, to see that, you know, there's so much, so much wrong with the system. And now that I'm in a better place, fortunately, like I've done a lot of work the past few months to just move forward. There was a while there where I was like, I, I have to stop being a nurse. I like can't do this anymore. And, you know, I, I hit a point where I had an emergent situation where I had a child who had a tracheostomy and I had to emergently change it out at the bedside. Um, The parents were just beside themselves because they'd never had that happen before. And, you know, they were hysterical and I was emotionless. Like I, I knew what to do and I did what I had to do and the patient was fine, but it didn't like elevate my heart rate. It didn't make me, and I was like, I need to take a break. This, the fact that I'm dealing with, you know, a parent's nightmare and it's not even, it's, it's just not even arousing any type of, um, you know, stimulus or response in me. There's something wrong. There's some, you know, there's something wrong with that in my opinion. So, and and it was after, so I imagine that in the moment that that is a good quality because you are able to stay focused, but was it more so like after that moment was over, 
you still didn't feel that emotion to where you're like alarmed by that. Yeah. And you know, in the, I guess in the moment you would say that that's a good quality to have, but you know, it didn't even feel if, good. I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> in emergent situations, like, you know, I can feel my heart rate like rising and I, you, you know, when you're in an emergent situation in healthcare, right. because you can tell a distinct and you know what, you know, you're now acting with expediency and never realized you had before. Um, you know, but this one, I was like, it's just another day. And I was like, this parent just had the worst experience of their life. And for me, this is just another shift. Like, you know, there's something flawed with that. So, you know, the past few months, fortunately have been like really eye-opening to me that, you know, I personally need to take a break after the experience that I experienced. And, um, you know, just working through COVID has just really I just need to take time to process all of the traumatic things that I've seen in my career and have happened to me personally um but yeah it's it was a really really rough experience as a healthcare worker as a woman you know in general and especially as an abuse victim like everything I've experienced just all wrapped up into one was it's a lot um and you know I have like I I have such a such a special place in my heart for especially you know women who have previously been abused because you know I've moved forward in my life and I've made a lot of changes to move forward from that relationship um but just the reaction alone of learning that I was pregnant and you know I have I have a great partner like I knew he was not going to react badly but I was afraid to tell him and like just experiencing that all over again it's like even when you feel you're healed, you're never fully healed, you know? Yeah. Sadly, I tell people that because they ask, they're like, when am I going to feel better? And I don't like the word healing because it kind of gives off the, the, the vibe of like, you just heal like you're like a, a, a skin a lesion or, or something, you know, can heal all the way, but like our traumas don't heal like that. It is something that we're always having to work at. And that when we feel like it's healed, something will come up that will just bring us right back. Um, you know, in so many traumatic experiences, um, it can go years without having that trigger. And then it's almost like you're brought back. And I, I jotted down whenever you talked about sharing this with your boyfriend, how he was so excited. And I was wondering if his reaction of being so elated, if that even a little bit healed that trauma of like, okay, that was just fear-based based on my experience. This is so different. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I, I knew he was going to, he would, I knew he was going to be okay and everything was going to be okay. But, you know, I, I didn't know how necessarily what the reaction was going to be, but I didn't expect yeah. him to be, like, I didn't expect him to like grab me and be like, I've never been more in love with you, <laughs> 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 which is like a dramatic difference than like, being kicked out of a vehicle and getting told to walk home down a highway, you know? So (laughs) it's, um, it's hard not to fear the response. Um, you know, it's, it's different in a lot of ways. I, um, experienced abuse as a child and I've carried that with me for my entire life because I, even my husband of 10 years, sometimes there'll be a certain way of his footsteps. And I'm like, is everything okay? And he's like, yes, I was just walking across the house. And it's like, whenever you experience a trauma, even 
so long ago, basically mm-hmm. in a different life with different people. Sometimes your brain just goes back there of knowing what that uh, traumatic experience was like, and you can't help it. Even if you know the person that you're with is safe. For sure. And, you know, that was one thing that, you know, when I go through, uh, you know, any experience emotionally, it's something I want to experience on my own. I feel like I want to be alone. And I know that's part of, you know, the experience of being in an abusive relationship is a lot of what you're experiencing is alone. It's like, it's a very lonely life being in an abusive relationship. Um, But, you know, my partner was telling like his brother and I was like, why are you telling people? <laughs> like, you're so excited. Right. No, 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 no. This yeah. is like, I mean, after I miscarried. Oh, um, no. Oh, okay. Like, why? You know, and I, it, it felt like a violation to me, but I was, you know, now looking back, it's like, okay, he was experiencing loss himself. He was devastated as well. And yeah. he's allowed to experience that. But, you know, and it's just a totally different, like, I don't have to experience this alone. Whereas before I had things alone, right? It wasn't a choice necessarily. So now it's like change, change at the time doesn't feel good mm. sometimes, but it is good, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm glad that you are able to see, um, because him sharing after it is hard with partners. Sometimes we think, well, we experienced this, this is a violation. This was physically something I went through. Um, and it does take some time to kind of separate yourself from the experience to see, oh, my partner experienced this loss too. And it's different. So I have to figure out a way to support him or them, you know, and, and that can be really difficult. Uh, it took me a long time to see how different our, my experience was than my, my husband's. Cause I remember thinking like, this isn't about you. This is about what I went through instead of thinking what we went through. And that was a big change. Um, and I think it's an important change in, in the healing journey as well. Yeah. And, you know, I thought, I didn't think this was going to break us, but, you know, I was not prepared, but maybe like wouldn't have been surprised if this really like rocked us or shook us in a way that was like, okay, like how are we going to recover from this? You know, and seeing just the loss that he experienced as well. Like, you know, he was just, you know, I, I experienced my own loss and like the magnitude of it, but like the devastation that he experienced, I was not prepared for like him also to be like, I am this devastated as well. And I'm like, wow, okay. Like, and that just made me, I don't know. It just gave me like a different level of respect. And it's like, you know, he's also my partner and I need to respect his experience as well. Yeah. said. mm -hmm. But yeah, it's just, it's been a, it's been a lot. And like, thankfully the past few months, you know, I've worked really hard on trying to move forward and I feel like I'm in like a much better place mentally about everything but there was a while there that I was like I hate my life I need to change everything like it it just felt like very stagnant and like you know like I was like how am I going to get better from this like and it would feel like I was doing things that it would be better for a little bit and then something would happen and I would be like devastated all over again. And I'm like, okay, I thought things were getting better and they're not. And like, right. how am I ever going to be happy again? Or like, how am I, you know, and now, you know, now I'm struggling with, we have no plans. Um, like we're not trying actively to conceive. Um, we have like a very loose, like 
you know, one day, um, if it doesn't happen by X, Y, Z, then we'll start trying, but um, we're not actively trying. We're not, <laughs> we're just kind of like putting things on pause because, you know, after I first experienced the loss, I was like, okay, like, do I want to be pregnant again? And do I like, you know, we were so excited and we didn't realize how badly we wanted to have children. I was like, do I want to do this again? And I'm really glad that I like took the time and I was like, give yourself a minute, like, because right. you might feel like, you know, the way my first thought was like, I want to be pregnant, right? Like, I, I want to do it. Like, but I would, I'm glad that I took the time because now I have like a little bit more clarity and I'm like, okay, like give yourself a little bit of time to really find out like, and it gave me time to like experience that grief, right? Like it gave me time to like really, really go through the loss. And I'm glad that I did not get pregnant right away because I don't think that I would have dealt with that. And I think it would have been so anxious for me, like so anxiety ridden for me. But now I'm at the point now where I can speculate like, okay, how am I going to feel in a future pregnancy? And like, how am I going to navigate not being terrified all the time or not thinking like the worst case scenario every day? Yeah, it's, uh, it is important to take time. Uh, that's something that sometimes people have to force themselves to do. And, and sometimes it's like the grief of, no, I don't want to do this again, which is a total valid thought in the, in the moment, but remembering that that can change and that, you know, next month you could think, no, I want to like hardcore, try to conceive, like it can always change. And it's probably going to change based on your grief. But I think that once you have a miscarriage, it's you're fearful of the future and there's just no way, there's no way out of that fear. You can just kind of walk through it and cope and navigate it the best you can. Yeah. And, you know, one thing I did when I was experiencing, you know, right after the loss and everything, and I was like researching like 20 out of 24 hours a day, like every minute I was awake and able to, I was researching and like, you know, there's so many things that you don't know, like working overnight, you have a higher chance of having a miscarriage or like having complications in your pregnancy. Like, you know, I never knew that. <laughs> or, you know, there's just like so many things that work against you that I'm like, how do people even have proudly pregnancies? Like, how do they exist? <laughs> it's a, it's a thought. Uh, yeah, definitely. I think I look at people now and I'm like, wow, it's a miracle that you're here. <laughs> like a lot of things had to go yeah. right for you to exist. Um, it makes life feel very fragile. For sure. But um, yeah, it's, it's just been like a very eye-opening experience. And, you know, I don't wish this experience on anybody, but I don't, I'm, I'm not grateful for the outcome, but I am grateful for that, what I've learned through this experience you know, I feel like I'm in like a much better place. I feel like I, now that I know that I need to take, like, take a step back, I can be a better nurse. I know, you know, just having empathy and grief, like, you know, for people in these experiences, I know that I can do better. So when you know better, you do better. 